All right. Hello. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. Thanks so much for being here. Happy New Year to everyone. It seems there's 20 people watching right now. I haven't been on, it feels like, in forever. So I'm super happy to be here. And I'm also ecstatic to not be solo. I'm joined by Liz from Game Over Winnipeg, which is fantastic. Um, super excited to have you on. I wanna let's we're gonna get into the Jets, we're gonna get into the Oilers, we're gonna break down that entire, I don't know, calamity of what that was. Because for me, that Seriously. is one of the, the most frustrating games i have watched that's the this word. year which that's is a really impressive thing to say considering the last game i did the oilers lost to the anaheim ducks so <laughs> um yeah i just want to before we get into it i want to thank you know dennis and avery for carrying the show when i wasn't here i want to wish everyone a merry hope everyone had a merry christmas happy holidays whatever you celebrate and obviously depending on where you are happy new year um you know maybe it's not the new year yet but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I see Dennis in the chat says he's ready for an emotional Zach. I, I can't, I can't even get mad with that, but I, 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 man, I was mad after the Ducks game. I'm not mad. I'm frustrated, but yeah, we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about the goaltending. That's, I think, where the most of my frustration lies, um, in this game. Um, but before we talk, before, uh, when we were talking about the game, we said that this was the battle of mid, pretty much. Both teams... <laughs> Like, you know, AHL lineups, injuries galore. The Oilers missing Kane, missing Drysidle. I know you're missing Shifley. I th- not Shifley, sorry. You're missing no. Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler. So that's Ehlers. the one player I have. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the one guy I have. <laughs> Ehlers, uh, Cole Perfetti is out of the lineup. Uh, Josh Morrissey just came back. So, um, yeah, that's obviously really good. He's kind of what everyone thinks Darnell Nurse is in Edmonton, but not. Um, and, yeah, so we are going to talk about all that. But before we get into all that stuff. I got a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Uh, think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, let's so I'll ask you, as the resident Jets fan on the broadcast and as the winning team, oh, you know what? Actually, actually, off the top, before, I think we should mention, uh, before the game, Liz mess- messaged me and said, we need to have a bet because it is New Year's and we got to do something fun. And the loser was going to have to take a shot of some gross alcohol. And pretty much, I was supposed to go to the liquor store. I got really lazy. I didn't go to the liquor store. I was going to... I was trying to think of like fancy stuff to, to do. Oh, should I just do um like what should I what should I drink as the loser on the broadcast and whatever? Uh anyways, I kind of copped out, but I made sure to get a bottle of tequila before the show started. I've got my Leon Dry Saddle shot glass right here. Rest in so, power to our boy. Rest in I power. I know. The sassy bitch. We all miss him. <laughs> I love Leon so much. And I'm pouring a shot right now. Full shot right to the brim. Happy New Year's, everyone. I'll take this shot. Jack Campbell, this one's for you. Jack Campbell makes me drink. Because of Jack Campbell, <laughs> I should take two more. Okay. Jack Campbell, this one's because of you. There you go. Oh, I'm not a drinker. Gotta so. applaud. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, t- I will humbly take that L. But let's get into that. Let's get into that frustrating performance. So let's see. I was going to message you halfway through, that, through the game like... What a garbage game to do together, hey? Like, you could, like no, I remember kidding. the Oilers playing the Jets, and, like, 
I think it was, I want to say New Year's a couple of years ago, or even the Heritage Classic, where it's like, the Oita Jets are up 3-1, the Oilers end up winning 4-3. Like, they're always, they always seem to be really close, really tight. Ehlers always seems to play out of his mind, and he was clearly missing in this game. Um, oh my god, that shot, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that was, that was a rough game. From your perspective tonight, overall, what'd you see? Yeah, so um, I, I do think you bring up a funny point because both of our teams, I know people talk about them often as being, you know, top heavy and they're bad at defense and they don't have depth and all that kind of stuff. And tonight it was like, why are our Neil, our goals coming from Neil Pionk and a Kyle Connor tip in front of the net, which might be his like second ever in his career. And like, <laughs> so I think that that is kind of funny to, you know, completely not align with our narrative on that. But my thought on the Jets tonight were they were just bad. Um, like when I was watching them, you know, obviously, we were talking a little bit before, like, the injuries are few and far between. <laughs> like, they're, no, they're, they're everywhere within the different lineup, uh, you know, first line, second line, third line, defense, everywhere, right? So um, my issue tonight was particularly with the puck management on the Jets part. I thought that they struggled to break out of their own zone. You know, they they weren't putting as much pressure on the Oilers. Like, I was comparing the two de- teams in zone, five-man defense, and I felt like as soon as the Jets had some possession in the Oilers' zone – that defensive court was pushing them out. They were jumping on them. They were able to, you know, strip those pucks and get that possession back. And I felt it was complete opposite with the Jets. They were collapsed in. They couldn't get anything back. And as soon as they did have that that possession, it was gone within seconds. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. want to know what the possession well, numbers look like Oilers, tonight. That's what led to those few shots. So that was Oil- my thought. The Oilers sure. usually are a really weak uh, team at defending the blue line. Like, their entry defense That's is notoriously really, really weak. And tonight, for whatever reason, I saw uh, NHL Sid, uh, Oilers Nation writer, tweeting about it. Tyson Berry turned into an entry denial god. Philip Broberg and Evan Bouchard both played fantastic. Like, the Oilers' defensive pairings weren't an issue, which has been one of, like, the core major themes of the entire season about just mental lapse after mental lapse after mental lapse and there wasn't any of that tonight the Oilers aren't really a very strong five-on-five possession team and this is a game where I know like if you look at the deserve to win a meter and I haven't looked at the my natural stats it hasn't loaded uh fully yet here but uh if you look at the possession numbers the Oilers dominated the five-on-five possession which is not typical for this Oilers team which is another reason why this game was so frustrating the thing about the Oilers is when you go to like their core they just they have, and Connor Hellebuck played good, full credit to him, whatever. They they don't have any finishers. They have no finishers down low in their lineup, right? Like, you can see Jesse right in front of the net always. And he scored last game against Seattle. But this game, he, I swear to God, 30 seconds to every single period, Jesse Pugliarvi had a glorious grade-A chance. And, right, he just couldn't capitalize. And that's why there's so many Oilers fans that are just done with the guy, right? Because you play your, almost your entire career on a line with McDavid. you got to capitalize. And he wasn't doing that. Uh, the one guy who all of a sudden has had a shooting percentage spike is Clem Cost, and he played awesome. But obviously, the first goal of the game was uh, it was in the first period, scored by Neil Pionk, uh, one of the most random Twitter villains for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. Like, actually, I shouldn't say that. I understand. So you have to understand. Like, but he's. I feel like. He, so do you guys, Jets fans, don't like Neil Pionk? Is that? I don't. <laughs> no. Okay. I. He seems like a fun guy. He's mm-hmm. just been, he's had a frustrating year and last year was frustrating a little bit as well. Um, so. Okay. Because yeah. I remember like when you go back to like the bubble and when the Oilers would play the Jets before that, Neil Pionk was the guy tasked with shutting down McDavid. And there was that instance, that game where Neil Pionk hit McDavid knee on knee. And ever since, I'm not sure. Okay. 
Yeah, it's ringing a bell. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was that whole series. There was a storyline with the two of them, but I forgot that there was well, that included in before, that. Yeah. I think it was before that. But because oh. of that play, he has consistently been a villain on Oilers Twitter. Like, there's Mac and Chuck, and there's a couple others around the NHL. But underratedly, every time the Jets play, you just if you went on Oilers Twitter, you just see... I, I've never seen more Neil Pionk slander in my life. The Oilers fans hate him. So for him to get a goal and factor in on the game-winning goal was just poetic justice, at least for Jets fans. And it just so rubs salt into the wound for Oilers fans. It was... That that just makes it a little worse. Uh, yeah. It was also... I think the Neil Pionk hit on McDavid came right after he... Uh, Mark Giordano did that knee on knee thing and injured McDavid mm. and he like, fucked up his knee real bad. Uh, but yeah. Right. Anyways, anyways, so that's what I was going to say about that. But that goal itself, to me, I know there was a debate on, on the broadcast. Garbage. Uh, like, I'm sorry, Jack Campbell has one of the worst high danger save percentages in the NHL. Like, by a significant margin. His low danger and medium danger are actually fine. Like, he's stopping. He This is the thing with Campbell that I haven't heard many people talk about. He stops what he needs or what he should be stopping when someone takes a shot from 30 feet out. Now, obviously, there's been a few floaters here that have gone through his glove, whatever. But it's his high danger. It's his cross crease. It's every time. that he. It seems like he can't track the puck. He doesn't know where his crease is. He loses his post. His puck, his tracking of the puck and his management of the crease just... It, it, it bloggles my mind. On the, in like Early in the first, Josh Morrissey kind of, he jumped up in the rush and kind of walked Evan Bouchard. And he took a shot and he ended up missing the far post by, you know, about like know, a couple feet, whatever. But Jack Campbell looked so out of position on that play. Like if Morrissey even labeled it anywhere near the top corner, that would have been in. Like to me, Jack Campbell, it's an, just another rough game. And it's getting like, it's getting to a point where at least for Oilers fans, we do not know what to do with him. It is such a monumental problem. Like, I, I don't think any team has an issue quite like the Oilers have with Jack Campbell. So I would argue that Sergei Bobrovsky might be up there. Uh, but they with... have, so but they have Spencer Knight, and I think Bobrovsky has proven in the past that he been, he's been good. I know the contract with Bobrovsky is more expensive. The thing with Campbell is Campbell is older he came on really late in his career like he was in the ahl mm -hmm. with la whatever and campbell mentally just wears every single goal so hard like you knew when yeah. that first goal went in you feel so bad and i don't want to sit yeah. here pi piling on the guy but oh my god it, it, it's getting to a point where like i i truly don't like i'm starting to, i'm starting to see a lot of talk about buy him out buy him out which you obviously cannot do but yeah I, I i don't even know where i'm going with that like to me it's just yeah, it, yeah no like and i think that it actually um like i i am a toronto maple leaves hater through and through like if there are if there's one toronto maple leaves hater in the world it's me i i'm here um and last year like they didn't get enough credit for being as good of a five-on-five -five team as they were because everyone was like jack campbell's so good he wasn't like he was fine. Like you said, he's OK at, you know, those those further out chances. But if your goalie can't make those high danger saves, your team is not going to succeed. And that's the thing that Connor Hellbuck's like that. That's why he's so well, good. Yeah. Right. Is that because he's able to bail out your team? And like you said, I think this started from the Neil Pionk goal that we're talking about. Right. That also hilarious because like four guys that should be on that power play unit are hurt. So Neil Pionk is on an NHL team's first power play unit, not playing the point. Hilarious. Whatever. Connor Hellbuck makes that save every day of the week. Mm -hmm. Jack Campbell 
maybe last year makes that save, maybe could make that save, but he didn't. And that's the thing is he didn't when he really, really needed to, especially with the way that the special teams have been going. Um, You know, Winnipeg Jets don't like if you're the Oilers, you don't want to give them momentum on the power play. If you're the Oilers, you want to keep the momentum that you have on your penalty kill. So giving that up is huge. And it's not great. It's not a good start for, you know, opening goal. Horrible. Horrible opening goal. Because like, again, if, if I think if they roof it, if the puck is shot at a different trajectory and it just goes straight in the neck, the problem is it goes right through him. And Campbell He was almost there. <laughs> and it and it that just makes it 20 times more frustrating, right? And and that's the thing. Like that's why you see every single debate Jack with Jack Campbell. Every there's this debate every start. Like even the goal Kyle Connor scored, it's a tip, right? And you see half the timelines like you can't fault him on the tip. It's a really good chance. You know, like, what are you supposed to do? But you're an NHL goalie. The, they had one goal on three shots, two goals on 12 shots. Like, you, the Oilers, I, this is the best defensive effort this type, this team, this roster could ever give. And, like, you just need saves. Like, it's so, yeah. this team should be so far away. Like, the position in the standings should be completely swapped. Like, the Oilers should be way higher up. I, I assume the Jets are still up in the stands. I, I didn't yeah. check. Okay, cool. But, um, yeah, no. <laughs> they, um, yeah, the Oilers should be way better than they are. And, and Campbell's one of them, sadly, one of the main reasons why they're not, obviously. Uh, one of the positives of this game today, for at least from Oilers' perspective, Clem Costin again coming through with the huge depth goal. The Oilers are a team notorious for being a, notorious for being a two-man team, and you're missing one of those horses. So to have Costin step up again, phenomenal. But, like, this is just encompasses the entire game, right? Costin finally breaking that Woodcroft barrier. He's getting more and more time on ice. He's on for the power play right at the end of the game. Like, the, he, Woodcroft trusts him to tie it. Um, and what happens? Not only do the Oilers hit the crossbar and lose the game, Clem Costin falls into the boards, looks like he sprained his, I don't know if it's a high ankle sprain or he just broke his ankle or whatever, but he looked to be in a lot of pain. Uh, it... To me, that looks like, again, not a doctor by any means, but anywhere, I think, two to six weeks. He's going to miss some games, regardless of how many. So that really sucks. That just adds salt in the wound to another uh, shitty part <laughs> to this loss. Like, I, I'm really struggling to find a positive here to talk about, for at least from, again, from Noah's perspective, and even for you. But um, Well, no, I would say, no, but for you, I think you did bring up a really good point about how you know, when, when you're a team and you're looking for, you know, obviously you know what you're good at and you have all these things. And when you see the things that you're notoriously not good at being good for a change, it's like, at least, you know, these guys are capable of this. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not consistent, but you know, it's there sort of thing. So I think, um, you know, the five on five defense is definitely something worth noting for the Edmonton Oilers. Cause if that team can shore up their five on five defense play, who cares if their goalies are mid, obviously oh. they need to be a little bit better, but it, it mm -hmm. changes a lot of things because then you have less of those high danger chances coming in because totally. you're blocking out these guys. And like, for example, um, that Cal Connor goal in particular, I thought the body positioning of that defender, I don't remember which one it was, was good. Um, but well, like if oh. you look at this game specifically, like the Oilers, the high danger chances in this game, the Oilers finished the game with 11 high danger chances for and three high danger chances against like you should not lose games like that. Right? Like, to me, that just says Connor Hellebuck stole the game. Obviously, there was more to it. I know you wanted to talk about uh, Vili Hanola before the game. How did you think he Always. played? Um, well, <laughs> I saw this one tweet that was just so funny. Um, so they're like, wow, 
Villahinola has a 34% expected goals tonight, and it's pretty much the best of all the defenders on the team. So Villahinola wasn't that good tonight, but everyone else was also bad. So I thought he was fine. Like, there were a lot of instances. I found that there were a couple times. Sam Gagne, I texted you about that mm-hmm. one, that one pizza that he served up early on. And then uh, Brendan Dillon had another one on the power play. And twice, Villahinola had to defend a two-on-one um, shorthanded chance, and he defended it extremely well. No shot was given. And it's mm-hmm. not all him entirely, but, you know... Villahinola has been notably, you know, to Jets fans, people are like he's a defender who's bad at defense, like because he's really good on like the power play and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So seeing that is always super encouraging. I thought he was fine tonight. Again, nothing to write home about, but I'm not writing home about anything that happened from a team that score or has you know 14 shots against. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, even I don't know if this is the play that you're talking about. For me, like I noticed Villahinola like more in the defensive end. Like for me, like there was a play I think or later in the third Bless. period where. Ryan McLeod, who can really fly. Like, he's McDavid-like. He's an uncovered gem. A lot of people outside the Edmonton market don't talk, doesn't, don't talk about him enough. But he can fly, and he has really good puck skills. And he came flying down the ice, and Villahinola, and he created this one-on-one situation, and Villahinola got the stick in the lane and deflected his uh, chance for, uh, over the glass or whatever. And I oh, thought yes, that was a really I good defensive play, right? Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, to me, I noticed him, him and Morrissey. Morrissey also, but, like, he makes a, that. I, like, I to me... Like obviously Hullabuck was fantastic, but I don't I think if the Jets don't have Morrissey, they don't win this game. Like Morrissey, I think, was Probably crucial not. in so many defensive situations. Like even at the end of the game, I know Yamamoto hit the crossbar, but every time, even on McDavid rushes, like you would see, McDavid can fly circles and circles around the zone. And Morrissey had the green light just to follow him all the way up to the blue line. And he's such a good skater. He can actually, you know, relatively stay with McDavid, which is super impressive. You literally don't see any defenseman who can do that. So to me, that was a little frustrating to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, overall book. Happy new year, by the way. Oh, happy new year. (laughs) Happy new year. Oh yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. For me, 11 PM. I got one hour. So after I finish the stream, I got to, Run to the bar, you'll meet all my friends. There you go. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm just quickly pulling up the expected goals here and it looks like, yeah, like I guess Morrissey still had a full expected goals against in that game with with his pairing with Debella. But I know what you mean. Like well, you said the green light to actually challenge the players. Like I thought that there were a couple instances where the Jets did a decent job of um, you know, boxing up McDavid. Because it's like like you said, he's flying up the ice. You know what you have to do. And I think we've actually we've done a pretty good job so far of not making everything about McDavid, which I mm-hmm. feel like out of market people do about the Oilers all the time. Yeah. Um, and, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's, it's inevitable, right? Like, especially, you know, watching the power play and stuff like that, like dude's a workhorse <laughs> and the guys around him are just not fully there, but it's like, how can they be? It's Connor McDavid, right? So uh, having the ability to, like you said, kind of match up with him and, and do that is huge. Uh, and it's great for, the team and like you said like there are frustrating parts about the game but i guess you're finding my silver mm-hmm. linings and i'm finding yours <laughs> well i mean for me, for me as someone who's watched every single game that Connor mcdavid has ever played this to me is not like this like this is such a forgettable game even like from his play like i know even if he that's put insane up three points that's insane to like me. i li- like honestly if if i was doing the seattle broadcast with dennis he had five points i guarantee you we would have mentioned it once and moved on like i like it we, i sound so horrible but we are so spoiled with it. Like, we literally, if McDavid had three points tonight, I would mention it once. Like, I, I know out of market, it's so different. I see all these highlight reels and all this stuff in him. But it's like, it's, we just come to expect it. It's literally totally. nothing new. And this game to me, like, it almost was like McDavid had it. He hit the post. Him and Hyman were creating. But the power play without Leon Drysaddle allows the Jets to, like, overload onto McDavid, right? Because Nugent Hopkins is a really totally. good player. But... You don't have those two guys on both flanks that you can have to you, you can use to spread out the the Jets uh, penalty killers. 
and it just completely um, limits the Oilers' power play, which is obviously their number one strength. Like they, they're a lot of people know them as the power play merchants, right? So, um, <laughs> no, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, no. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I think that that power play being shut down on three separate occasions was huge for the Winnipeg Jets, and that's something I, I will shout them out. And it's like this year, you could give me the lineup card of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and be like, who's going to come out on the penalty kill? And I couldn't tell you. I, I'm pretty sure every single dude on the team plays equal amount of penalty killing, except for like Adam Lowry plays more kind of thing. Like they throw everyone and their mom out there. Like everyone mm-hmm. plays on the penalty kill. And I thought it was good tonight. I was like, okay, this is great. Like, and you know, I can't tell you much about their PK systems in mm-hmm. particular. I wasn't watching too closely, but if Connor McDavid's on the ice and you're not letting on any power play goals, I yeah. will take that every day of the week. Before we continue on, guys, I want to say there's 43 people watching right now. We only got 13 likes. If you guys want to go hit that like button, I truly appreciate it. We got 13 likes. Let's try and aim for 30 likes tonight before the stream ends. Let's see if we can do it. So, uh, and I have a fun uh, question to ask Zach at the end of the game. So you guys will have to like it because it's gonna be. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Oh, I, um, I, I also wanted to talk about, uh, like you said, you know, out of market people don't always see the different things going on. And I would venture to say that Connor Hellebuck is as important to my hockey team as Connor McDavid is here, just with the nature of. Um, and it's the same thing where you're like Connor Hellebuck like goalie tonight and i was like oh, i well, thought he was fine <laughs> i was like i'm spoiled i'm spoiled that i see that performance and i'm like eh, whatever yeah i it, it drives me nuts because every time i watch connor hellebuck now i just think back to that time when the jets swept the oilers but the, it was just when mcdavid and drives were dominating mcdavid couldn't draw a penalty to save his life and connor hellebuck played to like a 970 save percentage in a four-game playoff series which was just absolutely insane like i literally have never been more angry uh it's actually a funny story right at the end of the like at the end of that uh at the game four the end of that series uh the game that went to like triple overtime or whatever when Kyle corner scored that goal on mike smith i w- i've never been so sad i was like literally in tears at the end i was like this fucking team i fucking hate it we're gonna lose we're gonna mcdavis gonna leave whatever and then i was looked at the time on ice i saw darnell nurse played 50 or 63 minutes and i was like you know what screw this literally that night one online bought a darnell nurse jersey i was like oh, this guy guy i'm inspired by him and and then uh the next year he signs a 9.25 million dollar contract and i'm like ah, i hate him again but uh anyways didn't he have like a child the next day too or something yeah, yeah literally he went he like had no sleep played 63 minutes got on like a pj to toronto uh got, went to, and, and just made the birth of his kid which was like phenomenal like honestly for i, I shouldn't say him i love darnell nurse i really do i want him to succeed i thought again tonight he played he's he carried that and this was a storyline going and he carried that good play that he started up in that seattle game and he's continued on and i just hope he can build on it i think that also helps uh because last game the play of nima line and i thought tonight at least for oilers fans uh, the play of Philip Broberg really impressed me. Again, he wouldn't get too much ice time, um, but when he was on the ice, his entry denials were awesome, and that's key for the Oilers' in-zone defense. And uh, his just offensive play, there was a shift early in the first period where Bouchard was just walking the line like a maniac, passing back and forth of Philip Broberg. And, oh, my God, I... I I love that so much. And then you, then the next shift, you go see Cody Cece out there with his hands of stone and just dump it in the corner. And you know what's funny? I believe also tonight, one thing I should touch on, McDavid's point streak ended, I guess. Yes. Um, yes. I saw that. I was like, milestones always against the Winnipeg Jets. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. Like, uh, see, what's his name? Ovechkin passed Gordie Howe the other day, and I literally would have put all my money that that was going to happen. Milestones happened against the Jets. That was huge. See, I was going to bring that up. You know what's funny? Uh, because out of market... Point streaks, such a big thing. I honestly, honestly, I didn't even realize he had the point streak until they mentioned on the broadcast that he had a point streak. Like it's like for I guarantee you, 
Connor could not care less about that. And Oilers fans themselves, us are no. like ourselves. We literally like when McDavid gets has like you know seventeen games of the goal, like it what it does like. No one is like sitting here like when's the streak and I like do you remember when Mitch Marner had that point streak to twenty? That was everywhere. All they're talking about is who's it gonna end against Washington, New York, what's gonna happen? Mitch got the empty net. Oh my god, the streak's alive. I've literally like within the Edmonton market, I have never heard one person mention the Connor McDavid point streak, which to me, just to contrast, hilarious. But whatever, I digress. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even know the point streak. I forgot about that. I was thinking of there was something about like it was not I always forget about these records. They're so obscure, but it's like the most like consecutive games at home scoring a goal. It was like a goal streak at home games. He was at like ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was like the one. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Like, that was a Gretzky record. Uh, but dude's gonna be setting records for the rest of his career. Like I, yeah, like you said, I'm not too worried about him. No, no, I, I'm not at all. I thought, I thought overall he was fine. I thought Zach Hyman uh, for oil for the Oilers. He's just a workhorse. He's always hard around the net. Nugent Hopkins played. Played decent. One thing again that drove me absolutely nuts was that you have this. The Oilers are one of the, like I don't know about uh, the structure of the way uh, Rick Bonus plays the Jets plays, but on the Oilers we have this Ferrari that we drafted and we developed and we did everything right, and he's be stuck in purgatory on the fourth line with the biggest bona fide scrub in the NHL. Like I would contest there is no worse player in the National Hockey League over the last 10 years than Devin Shore. He is absolutely useless. I've said this to Dennis. He might as well have a ring at stick. There is literally no point of him having a blade. He literally can't do anything. Three minutes left. The Jets are up 2-1. What does he do? Passes right to Mark Shifley. Like, tape to tape. I don't think I've seen McDavid make a pass that nice. It That pissed me off. Like, that was... Oh my god, Devin. Get out of the lineup. They scratched James Hamblin, who is actually really good. He consistently has an, a positive of expected goals uh, for, for Devin Shore, who m- literally is the team, like, card player, bartender, carries the bags. Like, he's an assistant coach that just happens to wear pads. Like, he is honest to God garbage. But, and, and I've said how, this. How, how do you really feel? Oh, sorry. Say, and everyone, like MGD, some stranger, the regulars in the chat, they all know how I feel about Devin Shore. I'd probably go on a Devin Shore rant once. Black Massacre. Zach does not like Devin Shore. Uh, yeah, We've they, all got that guy. They know, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, four giveaways tonight, someone in the chat says. Oh, my God. Love that for Devin Shore. Exactly. It's just, like, there's no, he has never contributed positively on ice once. It does, it, I, I don't understand how someone can play like that and still get rewarded. And then you have a guy who's on the fourth line with him, who can absolutely cook. He has hands, like, of, I don't even know, like, just silky mitts. They're disgusting. Dylan Holloway can cook like no one else, and he's strapped with these two cinder blocks to his waist, and he needs to cook with these bums, and he still does. Like, he's constantly creating. In the second period, he had two, I had two shifts back-to-back. Constantly does whatever he can. Passes to Devin Shore. Devin Shore giveaway. Like, you let the guy cook for 30 seconds and it ends with a Devin Shore giveaway and a Jet shot. And the Jets only had, like, 10 shots. So, like, it's really impressive for that, you know, garbage line. And then problem is you have Matias Yanmark, who, like, to me, suffer. So, when I go talk about the Oilers, this is when I could start ranting. Who suffers from a bit of Warren Fogel-itis is what I want to call it. Like, you just, like, he, he cre- can create something out of nothing. But he, no matter what, always, without fail, turns that something that he created back into nothing. And I know he got an assist tonight, but 
Matthias Janmark on that second line, I, I am getting so sick of him. You have Dylan Holloway, who's fantastic. Play him there. Oh my god. Wait, enough is enough. But yes, I'll let you jump in. But 52 people watching right now. Nine more likes to hit 30. Let's, come on, hit that like button, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, we got some huge things planned, on, at least on Game Over Edmonton. Uh, we'll talk, I think we only have about six minutes left in the Zoom. One thing I just want to say quickly to everyone watching on the Game Over Edmonton stream is, uh, Dennis and I have two big guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have Jordan Buhat from the show Grownish on Disney Plus coming to join us on January 7th against Colorado. And we have the first indigenous, uh, sports illustrated swimsuit model, uh, Ashley Collingbull joining us on January 13th for Game Over Edmonton. Again, he needs San Jose. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, be sure to come back, obviously hit like, hit subscribe and yes, but overall list, we only got six minutes left. I went on a tangent. I'll give you the air. What are your closing thoughts in the game? What are your thoughts on the Jets going forward? Closing thoughts are for those of you who are Edmonton um, regulars and, uh, you know, shout out to my Winnipeg piece in the chat. Appreciate you guys jumping on for this uh, collab. Um, I am a hater through and through. Like, that's kind of my thing. Um, so I'll come on here and I'll yell. But you know what? Um, this game, they were almost lucky to come up with two points is w what I'll say. But at the same time, it's like that luck is all relative in hockey and they did a lot of things that they needed to do connor hallbuck was good penalty kill was good uh they had something stupid like 20 block shots and block shots as much as i dislike them as a defensive stat they don't happen unless your body's in the right position you know lots of different things that are super nuanced so i was happy to come up with the win on that i think that a couple players um you know mark shifley is playing with fourth liners right now and you know there's a lot of stuff that needs to get better within this team uh some guys are on the men from injuries we're excited to see what comes next I was overall, you know, not thrilled with that game. Like you said, it was frustrating. I wasn't mad. I was frustrated. And I think that there's a difference between those two things. So that's just kind of generally speaking my thoughts. Um, the Oilers, much to my um, distaste, were a lot better of a looking team than I thought they were going to be tonight. I was watching them. I was like, this is, this is the team that everyone's been dunking on because they're, you know, a two-player, this, that, whatever team. I was like, mm, that, that's not what I'm seeing tonight. And I guess um, by the sounds of things for me, that's not exactly how they play all the time but th if they can figure that out and play consistently that that's a dangerous looking it's game. injuries and it's inconsistent I, I don't want to blame injuries actually because it's not injuries every team has injuries everyone has to deal with injuries even with leon out they played they dominated the seattle kraken the oilers are the most inconsistent team that suffers from below average goaltending um on a night tonight you never know what you're going to get in net uh, but that's the thing. The Oilers, to me, are such a dangerous team, even if they do finish in that wild card spot, because we all know eventually Evander Kane, who is, I don't know how you feel about him as a Winnipeg Jet uh, fan, but uh, everyone has their own opinions on Evander Kane. Um, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when Kane comes back, who at least in Edmonton has been is a 40 goal scorer at least last year he was and uh including the playoffs um and then obviously leon is a 120 point player like like i, I the, like the nick ehlers and blake wheeler add up to what leon drysaddle is i i don't think so or even include cole perfetti and i think leon drysaddle's absence is almost a bear hole but again i'm a homer i'm biased um yeah yeah i'm a homer too because my team's bad right like i think that's also part of it it's like Every player that was in the starting lineup for the Winnipeg Jets that played right wing is injured right now. Like they have, they have no, they have no one. So it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. like you said, it, it adds up. But we're running out of time on the stream, and I really want to ask you a question. Um, and I think the one thing I will say is my thoughts on Evander Kane. 
he's a good hockey player and that's 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 all i will say i could say so many more things but in winnipeg right now it is officially 2023 so that is very exciting thank you everyone for sticking around with us and bringing in the new year with me zach 10 years ago we were ringing in 2013 how many winnipeg jets players in the 2013 winnipeg jets roster do you think you could name Okay, let me try, let me try, let me try, let me try. Because I remember in 20, so in the first year of the Winnipeg Jets, I I was born in 2000, so I am 22 years old. So I would have been 12 years old when they were were moving from Atlanta to Winnipeg. Uh, Let me try. Okay, I am stalling really hard. Who is that Russian guy who like had all the potential in the world and could never figure it out? And he ended up bouncing around, and I... Alex Bermistrov! That's what I'm thinking about. Um, yes, correct, correct. Um, um, there was the guy who was on Tampa with the big beard, and he was on the Leafs. What the hell's his name? Zach Bogosian. Yes, um, yeah, that would be one. Oh, also, also, I can't believe I didn't mention this. Mark Stewart? Oh, Mark Stewart! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he was on the scene, too, but that was so funny. I, again, like you said, we kind of just, like are in our own worlds with our own team sometimes. I don't <laughs> even knew that he was an assistant coach with the Oilers. And I was like, I know that beard. Mm-hmm. I know that face. Yeah. He, I see that face in my nightmares. He, this is the <laughs> first time I've ever seen him appear on a broadcast too. So of course, you know, oh. it was, it, it, it was really funny tonight, but yeah, I want to see, let me see what I, I want to see who else I can name. Let's see. Andre Pavlik. Um, yep. um, was Kari Lettinen on the jets at the time? Did he, did he, was he there or no? I don't know. Okay. It Let doesn't look Mark like it Shifley. on this Mark... It was around then. Yep, Mark Shifley. Evander yeah. Kane. Yep. Um, uh, Blake Wheeler? No. Was yep. he? Okay. He's uh, a day one. He, he, was, he was an Atlanta Thrasher. Come on. Um, Tyler. No. Was Tyler Myers? No. Not yet. Okay. Um, shit. <laughs> oh, I think I, I think I, I feel like I could if I sat down and had the, if you told me this 20 minutes ago and I was just thinking about it, I would have, I feel like I would have been able to get like. 25 percent at least but i feel like that's where oh man no, there's a defenseman honestly, i'm missing defenseman i feel like there's the a winnipeg jets have never dustin had a buffalo play for them yes Was yeah. He, yeah okay that's that's what i was thinking of dustin buffalo i think it um, yeah andrew ladd yep yeah um shit we're down to the last minute so you got one more who you got who's gonna be your your final oh player? no i'm th- i'm running out i i oh oh brian little Hey, there we go. That's okay. the jersey I got on the There you go. Side. Okay, so. awesome. Let's do that. It was, thanks for joining me. It was awesome. It was a blast. Uh, I hope you can come. I hope you can do another one, maybe on the Game Over Winnipeg channel. Uh, that would be yeah. awesome. Uh, but until next time, um, I'm Zach. You're Liz. Where can they find you? Uh, Twitter, at Liz Hood. TikTok, at Can't Cheat Size. And, you know, just anywhere, being a nemesis, menace, all that kind of stuff. And you, I will fight you. So. And you can find me on Twitter at ZWheel97. Uh, thank you very much for joining. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. And we will see you on the next broadcast. Take care. <laughs>